With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Log Talk Radio. It's a different time listening to this program on the archived uh, in the archives of uh, iTunes or Blog Talk Radio. But I am Michael Gordon, and I'm your host for today's episode of The Mind Whisperer. You and I jumped right in. On today's show, we're talking about when things go wrong, coping with stress and problems. Oh boy, we. I'll have a lot of those going on in our lives. Uh, there never seems to be an end of things that uh, challenge us, especially in this complicated world. But just uh, being human beings, we are, uh, you know, complex organisms and uh, of mind and body, and things happen. And um, whether on a physical level or a mental or emotional level, or just in terms of our complicated uh, modern lives, there's always something that challenges us. So. Uh, Today we're going to talk briefly about how to not only cope, but really resolve ourselves and develop a, 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 a new relationship to um, dealing with challenges in our lives. Uh, so I do want to welcome you to the program if you're listening live, and if you are listening into the recorded program, um, thank you for following the show, and we have a Facebook page and also a Twitter account. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, under, surprisingly, the Mind Whisperer, and uh, the same thing on Twitter. You might have to look around a little bit on Twitter. I believe it's underscore Mind Whisperer. Um, and all the links are available here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the Mind Whisperer. Um, appreciate you following the show and spreading the word. We are now coming up on 5,000 listeners. Uh, so I'm very excited about how uh, popular the show is becoming and how far we are reaching out. We're getting fan mail from... Uh, recently from the Washington, D.C. area and from um, listeners from the U.K. and Australia. and uh, So it's very exciting to uh, put this material out there. And obviously there's a real desire um, for the, the topics that um, that are coming up on the show. And that's a reminder, too, that uh, you know I'm very open to your input and anything that you want to bring up, whether it's within the show, a different topic, or just uh, future guests, uh, just had one guest so far, but uh, that was a fantastic show. You can look back in the archives. Uh, my friend David Meyer um, is an author and a professor, and uh, we talked about two of his books, uh, one about the great American Americana artist uh, Graham Parsons, who was influential on so much music and the Rolling Stones and a member of the Birds originally, 
and uh, and then an upcoming book on the Bee Gees. And we talked a lot about the artistic journey and the, the, the psychological turmoils and addictions of artists. And that was a great conversation. So I'm really uh, looking forward to more um, live conversations on the show with guests. If you have any suggestions or connections with people, uh, I'm open. So back to the topic at hand, uh, coping with stress and problems. Boy, you know, I just got some bad news from the dentist, and that's never a good thing. <laughs> And uh, it really stirs up a lot of, um, you know, emotional stuff about um, how we take care of ourselves and the fragility of our physical health. And, um, you know, that is probing deeper into our into our uh, sense of mortality and um, really our lack of control over life itself, the, you know, the, the, the physical embodiment that we have of um, being a biological organism and uh, we have a lifespan and our consciousness which is unlimited and um, isn't limited to just a physical brain um, but has a sense of uh, greater connection um, in, in time and space um, there's a there's a, a moments where we're challenged to create this conflict between the permanent and the impermanent and so it really is as uh, the um, developing a relationship to help the mind and consciousness or these limited aspects of mind that um, are conditioned by our physical um, um, limitations. Sorry, that was a bit redundant there. But um, and and tapping into and developing and cultivating and relating to our experience more from that expansive limitlessness of consciousness. That is, the mind really has no boundaries. And because we are mind uh, first, we're not just a physical organism, um, then when you approach things from that that perspective and that experience um, of, of the openness of mind, that your thoughts have really no physical container, um, then problems become a, uh, take on a different character altogether. And the sense of overwhelm and claustrophobia to our experience um, really starts to uh, relent and open up, and that really is the um, the fundamental aspect to what we're approaching um, is uh, taking control of our experience by taking control of our thoughts and our mind and our relationship to the experience. So we can't control problems that come along. We have physical health that may deteriorate based on genetics or based on environmental factors or accidents or illness. Um, we, we may lose our job. We may go through a, a breakup in a relationship. Um, there's all kinds of things that present themselves. You know, they, we have no control over the financial markets or um, any other aspects of our lives um, that are seemingly external. However, we always have control over our reactions and our emotional connection to um, what transpires in our lives. And that is the fundamental um, tool that we have, is to come back to working with uh, ourself and ourself not being this um, rigid, attached, defensive aspect of ego <clears throat> that says, I don't want this to be happening, but to actually befriend and um, console in a way, um, or to 
bear witness and um, create a, a loving presence to the fearful aspects of us. So we can look at our the 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 more reactive or or fearful or defensive um, aspects of our um, uh, emotional makeup and how we uh, respond to situations and then our in our ego and our personality our conditioning as being like a frightened animal or a uh, a child a baby even that um is confused and scared and bewildered and overwhelmed and you know from the adult place uh you want to console and again to protect and to encur- and to encourage i guess um and provide um that sort of stable um sense of of control and protection and um being calm about the situation so there's a there's a parallel there between um the human development aspect of things that if you really were literally an adult and with a child you provide that calm leadership to the child but in a in a for lack of a better term spiritual sense as human beings and how we are uh hopefully evolving into even higher consciousness we can relate to our experience um, in an adult-like way, spiritually, in that we are developing more um, of a relationship to mind and consciousness as uh, the uh, guiding orientation to experience rather than our conditioning and um, our reactivity. And this is a theme that I'm going to be exploring in a book um, that uh, I'll be writing and I'm formulating right now, and it's a theme of the work that I do in my clinical work, and certainly it underpins teaching Aikido, that once you have uh, encountered death, really, is what it is, and death is not necessarily the finality of life and everything that means to us, but it is the the relinquishing of the sense of um, control um, by the ego, which says, uh, you know, I'm in control of my existence, because one irrefutable fact is that we all have mortality and we are, again, vulnerable to um, disease or accidents and we have this physical form and it may not last. And so this becomes a very intolerable um, notion to the ego and our whole ego can can become um, adapted or corrupted, if you will, um, by the fear of living from that place. And so the fear is not actually of death. The fear is the the when death will come or the inevitability of losing control. And so then we live our whole lives from the sense of um, not knowing how to function because every situation becomes a challenge to that ego or that sense of needing to be in control or needing things to... Uh, not necessarily need to be in control, but um, the challenge that we don't have control of, of of things that do happen. But ultimately we do have control because if our focus is on uh, mindful awareness, on on consciousness as being um, our essential self moving through our experience, then, uh, then experiences can change and um, they, really, they really don't relate to who we are. Who we are is that deeper knowing, that being that um, is there to guide us through 
uh, troubled waters, you know, to guide us through the turbulence of, of our experience. And then what happens, starts to happen, of course, is that your experiences um, change. And so it becomes less about uh, defending against any possible incursion against our sense of security and more about um, having a sense of ease that when things happen, you deal with them. So in a practical sense, let's explore that. Let's look at some real practical solutions here. So what happens, first of all, when, um, when we encounter a problem? Well, the first thing is panic. And panic, of course, is going to undo any sense of um, you know, orderly action. And so what happens during panic is, of course, you have all these processes that um, escalate in the, in the mind and body, uh, with stress hormones like adrenaline and um, norepinephrine and, um, and cortisol that uh, elevate your anxiety and your heart rate, and you know all these things happen in the uh, autonomic nervous system or the sympathetic nervous system. And of course, then that hijacks your brain and uh, brings everything down to the security level of the limbic system, which says there's a problem. And of course, that, from that state, it's very difficult to to function in a rational way and it's because it's designed to function more in that animal defensive kind of way, just fight or flight. And in fact, that's not necessarily limited to fight and flight. It's also flee. So it's fight, flight, pardon me, uh, flee is fight. Um, it's fight, flight, or freeze. And so you can see this in the way people cope with situations. Even something from the outside looks like not so big a deal. Oh, they're going to cut off my phone. Um, oh, I have to get a minor surgery. Um, oh, I, I, I had a fender bender. And some people will, will panic and um, become quite out of control. But some people will just um, not cope. They won't deal with it. They'll deny it's happened or just sweep it under the rug or say, I'll deal with it later. And that is, you know, an expression of the of our deterministic biology in a sense, that, that, that the, the thing that we were, was designed in our evolutionary adaptation to deal with predators and, and danger um, which is to blend in with the surroundings and camouflage yourself and hope the predators and see you, translates into the modern world this uh, denial. If I just don't deal with this thing, maybe it'll go away. And so that's the freeze aspect of the limbic uh, response. And so that, so we have to train ourselves, and certainly you know, um, being an Aikido practitioner and a teacher, that is um, you know, the predominant um, benefit of training in something that was designed for combat in the samurai uh, epoch of Japanese history of feudal Japan, the warlike conditions in which people had to train for combat every day, to take that into a modern setting means that you, um, you're you prepared. Uh, you're ready for uh, the challenge of life or death at any moment. But it doesn't mean that you're living in panic every second that it's actually happening. It just means that you have the skill to respond naturally and, of course, in a more nuanced and... and um, expanded way uh, to do minimally what's necessary to, to conserve your energy and to um, to be calm and to be able to enjoy life, in fact, and, and meditate or make food or, um, you know, make love or, you know, play with your children or whatever it is um, because war is not actually happening in that moment. And so this, again, we can bring into our daily experiences and most of the time, hopefully, unless you're dealing with some kind of chronic illness or you are in a war-torn country or in a very, very traumatic situation, um, you know, we can function relatively well and adapt. Um, we're very resilient beings. 
So it's a, it's a sense of retraining the subconscious mind not to default to that animal um, defensiveness, that, that uh, programming and, and that uh, limited function of the limbic system to, to protect, to run and fight or um, freeze up. And so um, what happens in those moments when we panic and we get overwhelmed is we, we start to literally, in a, in a sense, um, in our sense body, in our physical body, we, we lose peripheral vision. We lose our hearing. Uh, we get tunnel vision, literally and, and metaphorically. And um, these are all things, of course, that, again, were designed for uh, a predator response uh, or a threat response that, you know, you want to narrow your vision to what's in front of you. <clears throat> your blood gets diverted to your legs to run or to fight and um, to protect your, you know, your core. And, um, and of course, your hearing becomes very attuned um, so that your, your greater range of hearing is, is tuned down. And um, that also, the more that trauma is induced, that has a protective quality, not to an external threat necessarily, but also to protect the brain and the nervous system from, uh, from death by shock. And so if, an, if you, for example, do get attacked by an animal or you get injured, you don't um, become overwhelmed by the sensory overload of that injury or attack. And so you, um, your nervous system detunes itself and desensitizes or shuts down aspects of pain response and um, fear and overwhelm so that you don't die of shock immediately. And, and uh, I've been told, you know, um, firsthand by somebody who saw somebody die of immediate shock. It was a photojournalist friend of mine who said he saw somebody take a bullet into the hand. And, of course, it's not a life-threatening injury, um, although the hand is very delicate. It's, um, there's a lot of ligaments and, and bones in the hand, but not major arteries like there would be in another part of the body. So you potentially could bleed out if you weren't uh, treated. But the person died not because of blood loss, but because of the trauma of, of the injury the shock of the injury and it overwhelming the, their nervous system. And uh, I couldn't tell you the details of what specifically happened, if it was a heart attack, or, um, but that blow to the nervous system can be catastrophic. And so um, it, don't have, it doesn't have to be something so dramatic as, um, you know, a, a, an injury from a weapon uh, to traumatize our system and to cause us to go into that mode. So... What is the opposite? The opposite is, is that you train yourself to only deal with what's at hand and to scope the situation and to calmly look at it and survey um, what the options are. And when you, remain, when you train yourself to remain calm and say this is something that's happening and you get support from friends or people who are um, well-informed or have expertise and you get objective advice through counselors or through, uh, you know, if it's a medical expert or um, whatever it is, you take control. You're taking control and you're getting perspective and you're keeping yourself in, in the driver's seat of having options. And uh, that just makes you simply more empowered and prevents you from going into that overwhelmed state because from that overwhelmed state, all that comes out are overwhelmed, panicked, and limited thoughts. So um, even if you do find yourself getting overwhelmed by stress or problems, um, you, you know, the, the key is to minimize and put attention to what immediately is an, an immediate threat. I mean, literally, um, you know, um, dealing with the, the immediate physical or 
um, emotional threat to your existence. And if there's nothing on that level of things, then you create some space for your for your mind and uh, your body and your emotions to pull back and and prioritize and come back to that place of being calm and in control. And then you can look at the options. And so, you know, sometimes those options are not um, so great or many. Uh, Let's say if it's a financial crisis and you're really being told your best option is to file for bankruptcy. So even then, if you assess it on the order of threat, um, yes, it's not a pleasant thing. Um, to file for bankruptcy. And there's a certain amount of shame and failure attached to it. There's some catastrophic financial uh, implications to it in terms of your credit. Um, you know, But it, on the scale of uh, threat and consequence in terms of your existence and your mortality, I mean, no one is going to end your life. No one's going to, going to put you... Um, you know, uh, to, to take a limb or come and arrest your family. Um, it is a major stressor, and um, but it's not life-threatening. And so, again, it's all about perspective, and perspective can be enormously helpful in minimizing the overwhelm of stresses and problems in our lives. We can handle way more than we think we can. So, again, to recap, you know, it's, it's uh, really about developing a new way of coping with stress so that when stressful things happen, um, our habit isn't to panic because then we start to make the problem worse. Um, and you can see this with people who panic and get very um, uh, very nervous or um, aggressive um, and they make the situation compounded when really it's, it, it is what it is. And when you're in harmony with what is, what is, then you begin to work with the problem and not to create the problem in a bigger way. So, you know, every simple analogy would be, you know, you see something that's a knot, and some people get really angry and start pulling at the knot and get frustrated, or they cut the knot. And, of course, that's not solving the problem. It's one way of solving the problem, but it's kind of a one-way solution. Um, Whereas if you just very calmly start to pull and find out where it's knotted and look at how it's knotted in on itself, and bit by bit you start to loosen it, unravels itself. But it takes patience, it takes slowing down, and um, our conditioning might be such that we're not used to seeing or or um, being wired to problem solving in a slowed down, calm, and um, methodical kind of way. And if you look at the, uh, the best practices of how people um, in various fields cope with problems or um, you know, traumatic situations, that's exactly how they approach them in a very methodical way. And that's something that can be taught universally so that if you work in an emergency ward or you're a mechanic or whatever it is, you have diagnostic procedures and you're able to use uh, logical deduction or analytical tools um, to calmly go about putting your attention on the problem in the best possible way. That's not taking the problem in, taking it personally and reacting. It's just seeing it for what it is. Now, because we are emotional and subjective creatures, um, you know, we have passions and emotions, and um, we do let our story become getting to get involved with what's happening in our lives. And that's where we really go awry. So that being what it is, you don't want to deny that that's happening or to um, ask yourself for feeling bad or guilty or afraid. 
but that is now another part of the problem that you have to work with, which is your own reaction, your own fear, your own shame, your own um, sense of um, not being able to cope. And so, again, it's reorienting things in that sense of being a parent to a child that you um, offer some soothing comfort and um, loving kindness toward yourself um, and to say that it's natural that human beings do this and panic and get afraid and and feel ashamed when things happen. Um, But that doesn't mean that's what the problem is per se. It's a response to the problem. It's our reaction. And that's the easy part. That's the part that we can meditate with, sit with, talk with friends, um, and and our ongoing relationship to ourselves. Um, in another way of looking at it is that the problem itself is really easy because we don't have any control over it. If you get a diagnosis or if your car is written off or <clears throat> you lose a loved one, well, that is what it is. And it's really, so then you can say <clears throat> the hard part is recognizing that it's our attachment to wanting control over that thing or <clears throat> not wanting to let go of that person or thing or whatever it is, that's the real problem. So it really is about perspective and recognizing <clears throat> where the energy is when we are challenged by things in life. It's our emotional reaction and how much it really is a situation at hand. Situations then kind of really take care of themselves <clears throat> because they are what they are and you, and, and you can find help to methodically go about sorting through those things. So the complicated part of it really is ourselves um, that's something that we can develop a relationship with and, and so catch ourselves in the moment and say, um, oh, well, I know that. I'm familiar with that. I know that I get panicked and nervous about things, but that's actually not what's going on. What's going on is this or that that's occurred in my life. Well, I think we'll pause there and um, maybe pick the pro- program up at another time uh, on the same topic. I, I hope this has been a benefit. Of course, um, like many of these programs, um, I pick a topic quite uh, spontaneously and um, just apply my own thoughts and, and uh, learning and perspectives on them, um, and hopefully in a creative way that's fresh and in a spontaneous teaching kind of way that um, has an energy to it and that's focused. And um, delivering that's not always the, maybe the, the most eloquent, but I, I endeavor to at least developing in, in that kind of fresh and insightful way. Um, hope you have a great day and uh, that you've enjoyed the program today. And um, sometimes you need to listen to these things a couple of times to pick up on um, all the points because I do bring a lot of different um, teaching and a lot of uh, different uh, uh, insights within the program um, that maybe go by very quickly. So um, I do encourage you to go back and listen again and find your own insights and, and uh, discoveries and topics at hand. That's really what they're there for, is to help you in your daily life. My name is Michael Gordon. Thanks so much for being part of the program today. We'll see you next time on The Mind Whisperer. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.